Uh, I just did an episode with Alessandra Jacobson, and she grew up Mormon, LDS, Latter-day Hero, whatever you want to call them, and uh, also grew up kind of with a split race family, so mom was black, she was a Southern Baptist, converted to Mormonism, and then her dad was white and was Mormon, but came back to the church later in life. It just kind of goes through, um, like, probably what a lot of people in religion, especially the Mormon church, experience as far as, like, dating. When you date inside of the Mormon church, it's kind of a weird, like, sometimes you don't have, like, a real open, good conversation about sex or things that, that you should. And so she's actually a sex therapist, does some marriage counseling, does social work. She has some really good insight on a lot of uh, how to raise kids nowadays versus how maybe we used to, not how I used to, but how people used to, and just how to help maybe have a healthier relationship with your teenagers. And um, I think it's a really good episode. Our audio kind of got a little wonky at times. And so I'm just going to do a part one right now because I got to listen to the other parts. We did three and a half hours. So I got to make sure because some of the audio, you can't hear me at all. And so I just got to make sure it recorded okay. If not, we're going to have to do do it again. So, But this first part seems like most of the audio audio came out good. There's a couple spots where I got cut off. Like I was talking about my mom made girls wear large t-shirts in our pool because of the mormon culture we had a pool if they showed up with a two-piece swimsuit she made them wear a t-shirt she had to put a t-shirt on so they could get in our pool because it was modest (laughs) so i get cut off during that i get cut off a couple times but for the most part you should be able to understand it and i just want to say thank you alessandra for coming on because she's super vulnerable and goes into stuff that's hard to talk about so really appreciate her Experience true vulnerability, how to overcome trials. You will laugh, cry, and experience everything in between. Welcome to the King of Corona Podcast. Brought to you by Tyler Griffith. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can hear you too, I think. Okay, okay, now what? No way. Okay, mute this. No, mute your your FaceTime. Yes. Okay. Can All you right. hear me? Yes. Whatever. Woo! We got on. it. I think it's recording. So like we're it live now. It is. It's recording. Okay. All right. Oh we my got gosh. This. We did it. Tell these viewers, the viewers, listeners, what we just went through to try to get this audio working. <laughs> it just took us 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Figure out we're on Zoom. We could hear each other on Zoom, but we're trying to record on the Anchor app. We yeah. So. I couldn't hear you on Anchor. Yeah, she's the first-hand witness of how good I am with technology. So great. If you really just, good. If you just keep sending it, eventually it will work. It's like that thing, like, uh, <laughs> remember that movie Armageddon, where the spaceship's not working, and he grabs the big wrench, and he starts smashing it? And he's like, this I'm is how we fix things in Russian space station. <laughs> I've never seen that. You, you've never seen Armageddon? No. 
what is wrong with you? Maybe you're old. <laughs> Maybe I'm old, I'm yeah. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Armageddon. You're not that So, old. tell my listeners who you are real quick. How we know each other. Right. Just like the quick little backstory. Right. My name is Alessandra Jacobson. We know each other from Mormon Stories Podcast. Okay, which is, what is it? it well, it was a Facebook group. So John DeLynn does a podcast and has this Facebook group of people who talk about it. So we were on the same Facebook group. Yep. And I think you requested to be my Facebook friend. Yeah, I think that Then was... I saw your podcast and about leaving the church and stuff. So I started listening to it. Yeah. And then would probably say something to you about yeah. it. So I think, yeah, we just started talking basically because we have this group that's formed where it's like people can be there for each other outside of the church because people yeah. that transition away from the church have a hard time. Yeah. And so John DeLynn created this group that's super helpful. And so people can post things on there and then you can kind of connect with people that are going through similar struggles. So that's kind of how we met. Yeah. So tell me a little bit and the listeners about you like what's your so what just like I mean so you can kind of start wherever you want like I want you to come on here and just whatever message you want to convey I know mm-hmm. kind of your goal and my goal both is to be like just helpful help people like yeah. help people feel comfortable in their skin and yeah. so just wherever you want to start you can start mm. let's see Maybe like your upbringing. Like yeah, I'll start at the beginning. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm the oldest. Okay. Um, my mom is black. My dad is white. So immediately that was different about life because we moved from Detroit to um, just another part of Michigan that's very white. So I walked in in first grade and was like the only person of color. And I was like, well, this is really different. Yes. And that pretty much explains all of school. Just always being different. The only. Okay. Um, I probably, I think I graduated high school with like two other people who were black. But you, so you could feel that, like it was like, you felt different. Yeah, I felt different. And it was also pointed out. I mean, I remember just like little comments from people that was like, oh, if you talk to me like that back in the day, I could whip you or yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A girl got, they did. Yeah. In high school, Whatever. in high school, a girl, let's see, I was like talking to her boyfriend or something. And she like pushed me against a locker and was like, pick a color, black or white. <clears throat> yeah, I w- I'm not the type of person to get people in trouble. So I don't really say anything. But the, there was a teacher who overheard her, who reported it, who she, she was suspended. Then she had to write me like an apology letter or something. And then when she gave yeah. it to me, she called me the N-word. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Okay, I mean, I didn't even try to get you in trouble. Like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, I mean, I could go report that, but I didn't because I just, I don't know. You just kind of get used to stupid shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy, though. So she apologizes, gives you the letter, and then calls you the N-word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was a very, very sincere apology. Right? I was like, this means nothing. And then um, when I was six so just before we were in the transition of moving from Detroit to a a different part of Michigan Uh um my dad decided he wanted to go back to church and the only church he knew was the LDS church 
And so I he was baptized when he was eight, but his family was never active. His parents got divorced when he was like a young teenager. So he was baptized and that's pretty much it. The only thing he remembered from the church was not to cheat. And so that's the only thing. (laughs) So he held to that. He was like, all right, I won't won't cheat. So good job, dad. (laughs) Well, you know, until, until I got to college, we'll we'll get there. And you gave up on that rule. Okay. So, um, yeah, he gave up on that when he was a high councilman, and my mom was the Relief Society president. Oh, yeah, wow. uh-huh. that happens a lot, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, kind of, kind of unfortunate, isn't it? It is. Okay. So, um, so, so we start going here. to church. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait. So, what's your mom's though? Like, so your mom. So my mom grew up Southern Baptist. Okay, and she's, she's cool, cool with like, let's do Mormonism. She was like, sure, let's try it. Like. If you're like, cause my dad's like, you know, I want to, I want to take our kids to church. I want them to have something good. Cause he'd be like watching the news all the time and all these evil things. And he's like, I want something good in my kids' lives. So he's like, so I'm going to, I'm going to go to church and I'm taking the kids. And my mom's like, well, then you're taking me with you. And then he was able to repent, baptize my mom when I was eight. I got baptized. And then a few months later, we drove to Utah and got sealed in the temple. Okay. And it was beautiful because in my it mind, was. I'm like, oh, my family gets to be together forever. It is and... a pretty, it's a pretty, like, it's a pretty picture that gets painted in your head for sure. It is, it is. And I mean, the temples are beautiful. So, yeah. and, and I, you know, didn't realize at the time that most kids born in the church didn't get that opportunity. Yeah. Do you know, do you know why the temples are so beautiful? Because they spend a lot of money. Because the church has $150 billion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have the money to do that. And how, can they you, are. how could you they ever are. deny that it could be true with how beautiful, right? Because you can feel the spirit in big, beautiful, spacious buildings. Yeah. And Moroni <laughs> at the top with his trumpet. And you feel like I've paid my tithing. So, like, I probably own that angel. I probably own Angel Moroni up there. You own it. His trumpet or something. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. So, all right. So, so, so your mom, your dad. Wait, who was Southern Baptist? My mom. Your mom. Mm-hmm. So, wait. Which your mom is black? Yes, and she's the youngest of fifteen kids. Okay. So transitioning into Mormonism, because mm-hmm. there's really not like a lot of black members that's not like a ton right how how does she feel how do you guys feel like in the church being you got to feel different again right a little bit or do you feel of course yep you You well i had a really great ward so i felt accepted at church but it still it still felt different because you just like don't ignore color you know and like people at church wouldn't talk about it and a lot of the racist things I did not know or hear about until college because I went to college in Utah. Because okay. my ward members would have never taught those things. They would have never brought them up. Where did you live when you, like, when you started going to church? Where were you guys at? We were in Michigan. Michigan. Like you lived in Detroit, is that what you said? We were in Detroit till I was six. And then we moved to like the suburbs. You okay. know, like we had lived on like three quarters of an acre and so did our neighbors or our next neighbor. Okay. So it was a good chunk of, so what, yeah. What was the Mormon like culture like then? Like out, I guess in Michigan, was it 
pretty strong, like pretty tight knit group. Yeah. You're like a family because it's so small. Like there's probably only 10 girls and young women with us, like total and 10 young men. I mean, I graduated, actually, I didn't graduate with any other members in my, I think growing up, I only had one other girl who was in my grade. Yeah. It was similar because I grew up in Boulder. So it was pretty similar for me. Yeah. So not a ton of members, but it was like a very tight knit, like you could tell if it, it seemed like you had each other's back as long as you Yeah. And we were all, we didn't have to always be by the rules. Like we were just happy to see people come yeah. no matter how often they came. We were on a weird border so that when I was in high school and went to seminary, the Mormons okay. I went to school with were in a completely different state. And the kids I went to church with were in a completely different school district. Okay. So I never went to school with any members I went to my ward with. But then I went to seminary for two years with a different stake because she oh. lived she lived right by the school. And my parents had to be at work at 6 a.m. So my See. parents would wait. We would wake up at 430 <laughs> oh my and they would drive me to seminary. So I got to seminary at 530 and I would wait 30 minutes for everybody else. <laughs> and then That's after dedication. seminary, I could get a ride with them to school. <laughs> How were you? Were you like a... I loved you it. Like a little, I loved seminary. studious seminary student? I was. I had perfect attendance like all four years. Okay. I had perfect attendance, but I was the guy that showed <laughs> up and I never took my scriptures out of the... They had the cabinet in the mm-hmm. corner. I never got them out. And the lady at the end, she let me graduate. And she goes, so this is the first time I think ever we're going to have somebody graduate that never once got their scriptures out of <laughs> She let you graduate? Was, yours, was yours, er, yours was early morning as well? Yeah, I had to go yeah. at 6 also. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have to wake up at 4.30 because mine wasn't like all spread out. My parents didn't have to get to, yeah. to work by 6 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty, uh, that's like dedication. So you were into it, like you loved it. So the church was like, it brought you like happiness and like a place and you felt accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Because at school we had a bunch of, you know, like, uh, you know, at the time you think swearing is bad. So, you know, it's like, oh, at school I'm around a bunch of kids who are swearing and who are drinking and doing, oh. Hello. Hold on. Hi. What? Not yet. Not yet. Wait till I'm done. Sorry. My oldest, oh, my oldest doesn't have school today. So he's, how, old, only, is, how he, old is your oldest? He's six. He's six, almost seven, okay. but he's the only one home. I'm okay. like, here's your iPad. Just, you know, <laughs> have fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so, um, let's see what was I was saying. Where were we? We're talking saying, about oh, there was oh, it was good. Oh, yeah. So, like, at church, you know, I got, like, the kids who weren't swearing, who weren't talking about having sex or drinking or doing drugs or yeah. anything. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, so, yeah, how did that, like, so what was, like, your thought process about, like, being in the Mormon church, but in a culture that's, like, you could see the real world. Like, you weren't super right. sheltered away from everything. So right. what was that? What was, did you think they're sinners and bad people? Um, I thought they were sinning. I yeah. didn't think they were bad people. And so that caused a lot of cognitive dissonance for me when I moved to Utah, because there's a lot of, like my husband's from Utah. So there's a lot of things that he thought about people that I never thought because I didn't 
grow up there. Yeah, Utah had to be like, what the hell happened here? I, I, and I, I mean, I thought Utah was Zion. Like, I was like, oh, when I go to college, like, everyone's going to be, per- I'm going to be around people who want to live the gospel perfectly. Yeah. Like, and I felt so bad for all the things I did. I was like, oh, hopefully a return missionary wants to marry me because I've really <laughs> screwed up. Like, oh, dear. Did you feel like, so did you screw up and you had all these, like, I screwed up. Sin? Oh, yes. I, I committed the yeah. next to murder. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I'll go into that. I'll go into that story. We'll start, that. we'll start there. So, well, first, there's a boy at church that I just, since I was 14, I was like, I'm going to marry him. Like, he is, okay. he is everything they tell me I should want in a husband. <laughs> like, and you had very limited options, obviously. I did. I only had two guys yeah, around so my like, age. A, thing one or thing two. <laughs> Yep, pretty much. Okay. So, um, and so I just really, you know, he was the guy to marry. But a few months before I turned 16, I met my, like, high school boyfriend. Or I didn't meet him. We started dating. I met him my freshman year. He had gone to different elementary and junior high. Okay. So I meet him in our freshman year. I'm not 16, so I can't date. And everyone knew that because yeah. there was there was some guys who had tried, and I was like, I'm sorry, I can't do Tom 16. And people would be like, Well, can you just lie to your parents? And I was like, No, <laughs> I can't. You were like, That's against my. Religion. I was sitting there like, I'm so righteous. Like I'm the girl at 14 who's in her one piece swimsuit at the <laughs> pool party. Did you did you know my mom? I had a pool growing up, and my mom used to make the. She'd give a shirt. And I was like, oh, oh no. Killing me, no. Smalls. Oh, for that sure. The imagine. pool party he went to was even the Mormon boy and a different stake, but he was not so Mormon. Like he wasn't Yeah, okay. He never really believed it and such. And and so I'm the only one and I think I ran into his brother later and he's I, we said we were Mormon and he was like, Oh, I figured I saw you at my brother's pool party, you were in a one piece. And I was like, <laughs> damn like you're in a one piece and automatically it's like she's mormon <laughs> i saw your one piece and i was like mormon right uh, plus you probably were wearing like eight ctr rings <laughs> no no i don't i don't did you not, not have a spell. did you not you didn't have a ctr I don't, ring i like sensory issues i actually don't like to wear rings or bracelets or anything on my hands and oh, rings, okay. so i like hardly ever wear my wedding ring but yeah see i'm yeah. the opposite i'm like watch and shit yeah. all over the place yeah but uh keep going sorry oh you're fine so um so yeah my freshman year like he's like my best friend we talk on the phone for hours we fall asleep on the phone together and then my he like came to watch my volleyball games i did track then he did that it's like romeo and juliet yeah then he starts to do track but the thing is like then the boy from church is also interested in things like i was like you should do you should do track so he did track Ooh, or I would say, you. like, I would say, like, you should do something, and then he would do it. And I was like, see, he likes me. So you're then like I'm the, like, what? A, like, like the puppet master. Yeah, <laughs> I think we went to like a school <laughs> dance, and I had invited the other guy. But since I wasn't 16 yet, we had to go as like friends. Yeah. But he still um, went with me and my friends, which was just so silly because he is three months older than me, and in that three months, he was 16 and I wasn't. He was like. <laughs> Well, since you're not 16 yet, we technically can't go. It's one of those technicality things where you Mm -hmm. sense here, por favor. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, what's going to happen? Like, 
And the only reason he could go was because I grew up with him. I knew him yeah. since I was, you know, six or seven. My parents knew he was a good kid. Yeah. And they, my parents actually so would have been fine if we went as a date because I was so close. But he, was, he, he wasn't. He was really trying to hold to that. I'm guessing. If you let me guess the end of the story, I bet you I could guess the ending. <laughs> Tell me. No, I want to hear with, it. With, church, with the church boy? I'm just saying, like, you with this guy, you ended up having, like, feelings for each other because you're a human being. And so, like, then you realize, like, hey, look at all these hormones in my body. This would be fun to, like, then you touch that person. You're like, ooh, that was fun. And you're like, <laughs> let's touch a little bit more. And then it becomes something. And then you feel like you messed up and you're a horrible person because you, like, did sexual stuff with somebody that you were attracted to because it's human nature. Of course. So then when I was 16, I became boyfriend, girlfriend with the guy from school, not the guy okay. from church. So right when you turn 16, it's cool. You can have a boyfriend at this point. Yeah. Like a, like a steady, like go out boyfriend. Mm-hmm. My parents allowed that. Yeah. I didn't That's realize, so- I didn't realize a lot of people in Utah were not their parents. Didn't, you know, they said they had to go on like certain amount of dates before they could go on a date with somebody else. But I think that yeah. my parents, my parent, I think my parents knew that my options at church was very limited and that yeah. the boys at school were probably not the guys they wanted me to date. And so if I could just, you know, he seemed like a good guy. My parents liked my boyfriend. So it yeah. was, yeah. So then you guys um, are boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, about yeah. on and off for two and a half years. Yeah, and you get into some mischief together, right? Yes, you do. You fool around. You <laughs> realize <laughs> you have a sexual identity. And what is you, the expectation? You love it. The expectation what? would probably have been that I would have never had a boyfriend in the first place if it was up to the church. Yeah. I would have just went on dates. Um, but yeah, I guess we would hold hands, you know, if it was up to the church. We would hold hands. We would never lay down. Ooh, next to each that, other feel that palm of your yeah, hand never. can we touch palms again Ooh, this is fun so nice. i want to stay in <laughs> this love... let's just do this until i get back from my mission and then we'll get married and move in together and have sex mm-hmm. that's the expectation yeah okay anyway backtracking to your story <laughs> i just can't believe it it like is like every time i go over this with somebody yeah. it's like mind-boggling to me like what we expect of teenagers yeah and i'm trying to i'm trying to speak about it in the most like kind of unbiased like i don't want to yeah. offend anyone exactly. who is a member so yeah um but yeah so it was it, i mean really it's unreal it, it's very unrealistic to expect Two people who really like each other and then love each other to not have sex. It's yeah. very natural. Well, I mean, or just to not, I mean, even if it's not your boyfriend and you don't, you know, like it's. Yeah, well, even if it's not you, even like sex, because I, yeah. like I, for me, I didn't have like a girlfriend that I had sex with, but I would drink and stuff and like at parties. Mm-hmm. So I, I messed up and slept with a few girls, but I felt yeah. so much like. Oh, so much guilt. So much guilt and so mm-hmm. much like, how did I do this? Like. Same feelings as you. Is anybody ever going to want to marry me? Because like, they're going to ask me, are you a virgin? And I have to say no now. Right. You know? Yeah. It's so damaging. And I remember the boy from church had heard something because our school districts were close. There's a lot of friends between them. And so he, 
he was like, Hey, I want to talk to you sometime. And I was like, okay. And then he came over and we talked and he was like, I heard that you like gave, I mean, cause du- like I'll say name. D- D- Dustin's the high school boyfriend. Yeah. And um, he would be like, I heard you gave Dustin like a, a blow job. <laughs> and I just was like, Oh, that was not like, a conversation you had. Are you kidding me? No, I was like, I don't want to talk to you about this. That's hilarious. <laughs> but also was like, I, I mean, we, like we had done everything. So it was, yeah. it was like, I mean, yeah, I did. <laughs> A lot, like a few more than once, but we've also done a lot more. Yeah, but I just felt like, so guilty telling him that because I was like, "Here is his name's Kyle." I was like, "Here's Kyle, so pure and innocent." And yeah, it's like one of those things that, like, once you pop, it's like that. What is it? Once you pop, the fun don't stop. What is that? The fun, <laughs> the the Pringles or something? Because yes. once you cross that line and you have, you can't first, really like, go back. You have that sexual experience, and you're like all those nerves and just like the sensations, and you're like, okay, like this is now a part of my life for sure. And they're like, confess this shit, tell us, and then bury it deep down and pretend like you never experienced that. And you're like, right? Really? Pretend like you have no desire to do that. Yeah, so what'd you do? So like you I felt bad. Yeah, I felt bad after a few months. And I went mm-hmm. in and talked to my bishop on my own. Yeah. Because I knew I mean I remember hearing I guess here's the difference between where I grew up. I was never taught that having sex was bad. Okay. I was just taught just wait that you're supposed to wait till you're married. And if you did do it yeah. before you were married, you probably have to go talk to your bishop. Okay. And I remember even asking my mom because she would say something like she would kind of like see something might happen and tell yeah. and, and like kind of like warn me but I swear every time she warned me of something it happened and so yeah. she would be like I just want you to be careful I don't want you to have sex da, 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 da. a year later I have sex and Good so um right and so <laughs> I had told her I was like yeah but if you do I was like is that something you have to go talk to your bishop about and my mom was like yeah I think yeah. so but she hadn't been through that experience so your mom yeah because your mom so she got converted when she was how old Oh, we were all born. My youngest brother was like two. I was, she was like probably 30. 30. So she didn't, so she has no idea what it's like to go through this as a kid. She has no, well, she has no idea at all because my mom has never done anything impure. So she, she doesn't know what it's like to go in there and talk to a bishop and be like, hey, I've, I've really screwed up or something. So she's just doing the best that she knows how because she joined the church and like, as far as she can tell, it's creating a safe place for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and like my, you know, my dad would tell me stories of being younger. Like he told me the first time he ever masturbated and finished and freaked out. <laughs> and he was like, mom, what is this coming out of my penis? You know? And she was like, oh, sorry. I didn't talk oh, to you about that. And, or my dad would tell me about like, he was like, no, there's this one girl who was having sex with everybody. And then she told, called me and I was like, I'm not doing you after you already did like three <laughs> of my friends or something, you know, like my dad would openly. So you had a good dad, like you had a good relationship with your dad. Oh yeah. Well, he, I'm a That's daddy's huge. girl. He's, he's the That's best. Huge. Yeah. Like I've he, noticed, like the re- people that have good relationships with their dads, mm-hmm. like especially girls, it's just, it's so huge for them in their life. It is. It is. Yeah. He is. I'm a complete daddy's well. Like I talked to him about everything. Like when I needed a bra, when I was talking about yeah. like period stuff, like it was my dad. He would be like, shouldn't you talk to your mom about this? And I'm just like, <laughs> that's how I feel like I'm going to be with my daughter. She'll just, cause she knows, cause she knows all my yeah. ex is like the same. Like she can, 
she's now open and like honest and can talk to her as well. So now she has both parents. So it's like the best thing That's ever for my correct. kids. Yeah. 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 But so anyway, and like so you... I remember talk. I remember, um, my oh, um, what was I say? My dad. I, I remember talking to him and being like, ew, blowjobs are so gross. I could never imagine doing that to, like, even my husband. And my dad, like, sticks his thumb up. And he's like, what? It's just skin. Like, your thumb. <laughs> it's just skin. Like, <laughs> like oh, it's nothing geez. to be gross about. Like, yeah, wait till you're married. But it's not gross, Alice. Yeah. Like, so okay, your, dad, all right. your dad was, like, just realistic. He's like, honestly, was, yeah. this is life. This is how life is. Yeah. And, like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and pretend like it's different than it is. Yeah. And it was also helpful, which I think is this is helpful for all parents to know that they were honest about things in their past. Like my dad, I don't, I can't remember now. He went to some concert, did some drug. He did a lot of drugs actually, (laughs) but uh, he went to the hospital and was pronounced dead after day two. Yeah. But for some reason he was on life support, whatever. I've never talked to my grandma. So I only know my dad's version, but on day 15, he like came back to life. And so, um, like he, you know, he's had like an experience of like, you know, like near death experience. And so I knew he had done all that and knew he had had sex. My mom, my mom had had sex and I mean, she probably won't like that I say this, but she's, she also had an abortion when she was 16 or 17 because in the black community, you just kind of do that if you can't take care of babies. Like it's very normal. Yeah. And that Did community. She, she have a lot of like she has a lot guilt. of regret for that now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's well, that's a tough that's a tough thing. Like that's yeah. something where it's just very and that's one thing too that I feel like a lot of people like they sometimes wonder about like judgments from other people, but it's a really like it's a very personal decision and it's something mm-hmm. that like okay. it's with a lot of things, like you have to make that decision Yeah. You like the situation at the time and yeah hopefully i hope she's moved on from it and she's not beating herself up still today about it yeah and um but like in in that like you know an african-american community like you're all taking care of the kids like it's it's like a collective parenting and so it's sort of as like well if if the people who would help me take care of this kid are saying i should do this and that means i don't have help so how am i gonna do this and her her boyfriend at the time has been in jail for murder oh, oh. so he was like not a good person to probably have had a baby with anyway yeah, it's a bad one i know yeah it's great so and so i guess this, the point in saying all of that was like i knew that you could do very sinful things according to the church and still be a really good person because yeah. my parents had done a lot of sinful things according to the church and were st- you- really good people and you knew what, so when did you, like, when were they open with you about this stuff, though? Um, it was probably just, like, age, whenever it was age-appropriate. They yeah, didn't, but, they didn't hide stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's really, that's really, like, so you had, it yeah. seems like you had really, really, like, good, like, yeah. really good parents. I did, yeah. Yeah. And I had awesome. good leaders. Like, I had a young woman leader who... Um, after finding out I had had sex or something like that, she was like, oh, I know, you know, like, cause they, oh, cause the bishop, you know, they tell the young woman leaders like, oh, don't call on her for prayers yeah. or to read scriptures and such. So they knew Oof. and talked to me about it. And <laughs> cause they didn't want me to feel like they wouldn't call on me. They're like, Hey, the bishop talked to us and told us this. 
Yeah. Which I'm glad they did because then it wasn't like we're ignoring you or we're not calling on you. It's like this is what he told us to do. Oh, okay. And yeah. And um It's a little weird. It's yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> but uh, I, but I appreciated that they cared. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so one of my leaders was like, isn't it? She's like, I know. She's like, it is. I know it's difficult for you. Like, it's hard because it feels so good. And she's like, and your, <laughs> and your boyfriend is so cute. And I was just like, like, thank you for validating me. So like after you went and talked to your bishop, you're still with the same boyfriend. And now you guys are just yeah. trying to like just not trying touch not each other. To. Uh-huh. You're like looking at each other and you're like, pause. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I probably talked to the bishop a few months into our two and a half years of on and off dating. Like, yeah. I, I was like, I finally it was just like, I guess I'll repent after I stop because two, I can't come in here every week or every two weeks. Keep your train of thought real quick, okay? Because mm-hmm. I want to go into like real quick. I dated this girl for probably maybe like a year and a half on and off. I really liked her, but because of my church upbringing, like Mm -hmm. it started to get too like physical, same thing where it was like touchy Philly type stuff. But then I remember being at a party and these people were like, Hey, just so you know, your girlfriend, like she basically said, if you guys blah, 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 she's going to like give you a blow job in two weeks or something. Mm -hmm. I broke up with her because I was like, I'll have too much guilt. Yeah. I'll have too much guilt. So the only time I really screwed up was when I was drinking too much because yeah. I lived with so much guilt. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what? what not, not yet. I'll get it in a little bit. Yeah, it's up in the cabinet in the kitchen, the corner cabinet downstairs. Kitchen in the corner where I put the treats. <laughs> Your kids are like, what are these guys talking about? And he's like, what are they doing? But, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, anyway. yeah you always screwed up when you were drunk yeah and mine was like I didn't drink I mean I didn't the first time I ever drank I, it was like a month before I was 21 and That's I think smart. until I left the church I had only drank maybe three or four times but like only once was I drunk drunk yeah like I tried to I tried like I didn't want to get in legal trouble and yeah. so I I was yeah I just felt like I was so like trapped in this world no. that I didn't like that yeah. alcohol was like my this is escape. escape. Yeah. I escaped from like the expectations and stuff through alcohol, but then alcohol was like uh I had a I had a really unhealthy bad relationship with with alcohol. Yeah. Right. Which cuz if it, it's the only way that you find that escape. Exactly. Then, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's my experience with that, but yeah. do you remember where you were at? Yeah, so <laughs> The I said the young woman leader comfortable set oh boyfriend okay so now we'll go to so he eventually converted to the church okay for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he never believed in God and I remember I cried when he told me that I thought it was so sad that you didn't believe in God I was like that's oh, heartbreaking you cried tears oh man but uh then as time goes on. He, he, so he started experimenting and drinking and doing drugs and hanging out with some other girl that he eventually had slept with. And, and I got in some trouble. I broke into her house and hit her and him and her friends. (laughs) Anyway, I got put on probation. Oh, okay. Um, How old were you? Yeah. 
I was 16. 16. So you were like, you really, because when you're having sex as a teenager, like that messes with your brain so So much because you're so attached to this person. And then when they just break up with you and then start dating somebody else and you hear all these things, it's just like, I can't cope with like, I'm so so attached to you. I don't know how to, I can't do this. What are your thoughts? Like, what are your thoughts? I'm going to just like ask you a question. Like, what are your thoughts now about like teenage teenagers having sex? Like, what is your, what's your opinion about that now? Because it's obvious it's going to happen, but like you just said, it kind of fucks your head up. It does. What do you think about that? My thought is, and this is, the, and I'll say this because I haven't said it yet, but I'm a therapist and I also yeah. do sex therapy. I'm in a PhD program for clinical sexology. And so my view, and after working with a lot of LDS couples and such, what I plan to teach my sons, I just have boys. If you don't know where a clitoris is, you shouldn't be having sex. If you don't know how to please her, you shouldn't be having sex. If you don't know how to prevent pregnancy or STDs, like if you're not comfortable going and buying a condom on your own or coming to us and saying, hey, we need birth control in some way, you shouldn't be having sex. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't read a book or heard a podcast or something about sex in the last year, you shouldn't be having sex. So (laughs) I don't really have an age on it as like, there's a level of knowledge. Yeah. That you need to be at to, to do this first. Like if you don't understand the emotional consequences and how attached Uh, it makes you to someone, you shouldn't be doing it. Cause I'm like, don't go, I don't want my kids to have sex with a girl. And then after two weeks get bored and, or, yeah. you know, or break up but with how, her, or, you know, I would never want them to feel guilty that they had sex and then break up with her yeah. and break her who's, heart. Who's like the responsible one to teach kids about the, like about sex parents, obviously well, it should be the parents. Yeah. So, but a lot of them don't. And so I think we need, that needs to be something learned in school. Yeah, that like there's so many things that are not taught in school. Like, yeah, that should be so many things. But I was just curious, your because I know I know your uh, I know your background with your profession. So I was curious yeah. what your thoughts were about that, on where they should learn it. Just like where they should learn it, but then like what your thoughts are about teenagers engaging in sex because it's obvious it's going to happen. And so I just... think it's okay if I'm okay if they do. Again, they just need to know how to prevent pregnancy and prevent, I mean, they probably don't have to worry about as many STDs because they're all experiencing firsts and such, but But they need to learn consent. You have to have a parent, like you have to have parents that would help you to get birth control or do stuff to like, so that's the thing. Most of these parents are just pretending like it's not real and crossing their fingers and hoping they get through it without Mm -hmm. getting pregnant or fucking their life up. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be that mom that's like, come to me. Like, I want my boys' friends to all know, like, if you need birth control, come to me. I will get it. For, I will find a way to get it. If you don't want to talk to your parents, talk to, talk to me. Yeah. And I, or if you don't feel comfortable talking to your kids about it, send them to me. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Because they need to be educated. And and yeah. maybe I'll have parents that are upset with me. You know, if, I mean, if a parent comes yeah. to me and they're like, you gave my son condoms or you gave got birth control for my or showed my daughter where to get it i'd be like i mean did you like she was gonna she was gonna have sex either way so what would you do you think here's a good question for you okay so let's say you have parents that 
don't talk to their kids about it and they just mm-hmm. pretend like it's not real and then their kids that's come nice. and talk to you that's what my so they're like hey like i would <laughs> like to know so like your kids friend you would say hey i'm gonna i'm having sex with my boyfriend i need help would you call the parents and try to have a conversation with the parents or no. would you respect no i respect like, the teenager okay doctors doctors do that too you know, like they send the parents out for physicals and have a private conversation with the kids. It's basically the parents are just choosing not to like relate with their kids in that way. And right. like if you're that, not going like, to talk to them about it, then they need a safe place and a safe person yeah. that they can. And if I go tell them I'm not a safe person anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Unless huh. it's something extremely risky. I mean, if they're like sneaking out every night and, hooking up with prostitutes I, can, I don't know you know like I'm just trying to picture how <laughs> how does that go over so your friends your kids friends parents find out that you just gave them birth control how's that conversation gonna go when they confront you oh I would straight like, up I'd be like yes I did and they would be like what you know if they're like well what yeah. makes you think you can give my I'd be like your daughter wants to have sex and is having sex so would you like to be grandparents now or would you yeah like to wait till she's a little older to be grandparents. Do you run into that? <laughs> like being in your field, do you run into that a lot where like, do you, do you know people that are helping other people's kids because the parents won't? Does, do you, does um, I don't know too many people currently, but I have had like a lot of teachers who say that they've talked to their, their kids' friends and stuff or any, and, you know, anybody who wants to come talk to them. Yeah. They're like, we're very open for being advocates for like sex positivity and okay. knowledge and, and such yeah huh that's actually like really i think that's good coming from somebody that's like in the profession though because i've always wondered about that like i sometimes feel like my my kids friends come over and i'm so open that it's like yeah. they're gonna go back and expose me and the parents are like you can't hang out with tyler anymore because he's, <laughs> he's talking to you about too much stuff you know <laughs> yeah and they i mean their parents might i mean they might be like okay you can't talk to jackson or beckham or robbie's mom anymore and oh, sucks, huh? but they got they, no support but well but here's what happens they lie about it i, I mean how many how many teenagers are like okay my parents told me not to do that so i'm not gonna do it no it means my parents so, told me not to do it so i'm gonna hide it and i'm not gonna talk to them about it because that's exactly what i did so most kids so a lot of kids then it, then it creates an unhealthy relationship right off the bat with like yeah. yourself with you and yourself because now you you feel like to live in this world, I have to lie. I have to lie mm-hmm. to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And then you start to like build this thing in your head about lies and why it's okay to justify lying because your right. culture and your family is basically making you. Right. And so lesson on this, I'll throw this in there. Then. That happens in marriage. Like, you know, yeah. a lot of times how your spouse is going to respond. And so you're not honest. But then the person who's not honest gets all this backlash. Like, oh, they lied. They did this. And it's like, yeah. but are you being the type of person who people can be open and honest with because if you're immediately like i can't believe you would do that that's dumb that's not effective you're yeah. teaching you teach people how to treat you and if you respond that way you're going to teach people that they can't come to you and they can't trust you with these things yes so i have so i'm going to try to make this an hour so we have 20 minutes oh I, shoot I, <laughs> 
Well, okay. so I, we'll do another one. Like, we'll record <laughs> another one. So this will just be like okay. the first. I'm trying to do something okay. where I do, like, people I can bring on multiple times. Okay, okay. So I'll bring you on again. But okay. I do want – I just want to make sure you touch on, like, everything you want to touch on. Oh, um, yeah. No, there's more. There's Okay, so how much time do we have? So we got – like I can do a little, I really have like 30 minutes. I just have an appointment okay. at nine, another phone call at nine okay. o'clock. Okay. Okay. Can I, let me go to the bathroom really quick. Cause I have to pee, yeah, let me I have go to pee to so bad. <laughs> okay. So I'll see you in a second. Okay. I'll just leave this recording. Okay. You doing okay, Jack? Sorry, I had to switch shirts too because I was oh, like, you're fine. I did the incline again this morning, that mile thing up the mountain. Uh huh. So I just I barely, I got back like at like seven fifteen. Oh, okay, oh, you're fine. Yeah, so I was still like dressed in my sweaty outfit. <laughs> so all right, all right, all right. So I'll move. To, let's see. Well, okay, we'll move to this next, the next hard part then. So. Having sex with my boyfriend can't go to the parents to get on birth control or anything, right? Because they're going to be like, don't have sex. Yeah. They ended up finding out because I couldn't. I mean, I ended up telling my parents I was because I couldn't go to the temple for like youth, you know, youth oh, temple yeah. trip. Cause I, and so I had to explain to my parents why I couldn't go. And I think part of like what kept a lot of trust or something I find pride in is like, I'm okay to tell people things even when it's right. Like, I mean, how many people just go up to the yeah. parents and are like, I'm, I don't like I'm having sex, you know? And so yeah, it's so like, you, I can go to them. You've always felt like that. You felt like you could always go to them. Um, and talk no, to them. no, I haven't always felt, I haven't always felt no. like that, but okay. I'm just the type of person to just be like, I have, like, I need to do this. So you like, you like I'm to tell the truth. To. Like you like to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Even, even when I know they're going to be mad. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice in the long run because it has created this thing in me of like, well, I will just say it and I just don't care what your response is. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm just going to be me and if you don't like it, then you just don't like it. <laughs> You're not exactly. my person. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, my, I realized for like one week, I was like not hungry at all. Like I ate like nothing. Yeah. And then the second week I ate like everything in sight. I was so hungry. And I was like, what is going on? Like I hadn't had my period in a couple of weeks. 
Yeah. And my body, yeah, my body is just so regular. Like if something's off, and so I was like, I'm, I'm pregnant. I just knew, I just knew it. So I take, I told my parents that I was sick one day. Yeah. Because I needed to take a test. So I. How do you feel? Are you? terrified right oh i'm I'm terrified and i go to my like my boy let's see let's see i'm a junior at this point my boyfriend dropped out the beginning of our junior beginning of our junior year he drops out of high school so he is oh god so yeah he's just at his house and i was like well i'm gonna buy a test and come to your house and take this test and i was like so nervous or something i could not pee like it was just not happening i remember my dad called my dad called and he's like, I just called the house phone. Why didn't you answer? And I was like, oh, I didn't hear it. I'm laying down. He's like, well, call me from the house phone so I know you're home. Oh. And I was like, okay. And he <laughs> was like 15 minutes away. So I like dart back home. Yeah. <clears throat> call him. I mean, they knew. They knew. The house, they knew the, I was not at home. The house phones. That's funny. Right? For those days. <laughs> and I still hadn't taken the test. I like, call my dad. Whatever. Go back to boyfriend's house. And then <laughs> finally can pee. And then I wait, I look at it, it says positive. And I positive. Just, I just open the bathroom door to show him and just start crying. Oh dear. And I'm just sitting there like my parents are gonna kill me. Like yes. I don't Yeah, like everything everything. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just it's like this doesn't get any worse than this. It, it's like two or three weeks before I turned 17. Yeah. When you, when you think about it now, is it still like emotional kind of? Not that, not that moment. (laughs) Um, yeah. Other moments. So, um, the next, you get a positive. Yeah. And And the next, yeah, just, just freaking out. And I was, you know, like, I don't know what to do, you know? Yeah. So then I go home and the next morning, <clears throat> so I I was on probation right from hitting the girl. Oh yeah, not my boyfriend. So yeah, so I had to go talk to probation officer that day. Okay. So my parents kept asking like, so where were you yesterday? <clears throat> and I was like, well, I mean, I went to Dustin's, and they were like, why? You're, I think I was grounded from seeing him, or probably or oh, something. Yeah. <clears throat> that happened a lot. <laughs> 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 and so um. I didn't want my parents to tell the probation officer that I skipped school and wouldn't, and wouldn't tell them where I was. So I was like, I sort of have to tell them because I don't want to be in legal trouble as well. Especially because you're pregnant and you know, you're going to like have to tell them at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely planning on waiting like months to tell him. I didn't want to, I didn't want my dad to know till I was showing. Cause I was like, I'm a daddy's girl. He's going to be so disappointed. And so I told my mom I would tell her. So I took her back in a hallway and I was like, I'm going to tell you, but you can't tell dad. And she was just like, okay. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Like what I'm about to tell you, you really can't tell dad. And she was just like, okay. And I was like, I wasn't home because I got a pregnancy test and it's positive. And she was just like, if looks could kill. She didn't really say anything, but when she just looked at me like, easy. are you kidding? And she's like, oh. okay. So, you know, they have to go to work. They had to be there at 6 a.m. But so, this is like, she's, so this is really early in the morning. 
But she's basically reliving what she went through when she was like your age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so they go to work and my mom ends up calling me because my dad in the car was like, so what's going on? And she's like, I can't tell you. And he was like, what? And so she calls me and she's like, my parents tell each other everything. So the fact that he, my mom didn't tell him, he was like, this isn't good. Like, what do you mean you can't tell me? So my mom calls and she's like, you're going to have to tell your dad today because we don't keep, we don't keep stuff from each other and he needs to know. And I was like, he can know, but can we wait later? She's like, what are you planning on telling him? And I was like, I don't know, maybe like four or five months when I show it. She was like, no, I'm not going to keep that. I can't keep that secret. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, so go to school. We all come home. My parents are, I think my dad came to talk to me alone. And so I don't, I can't remember if my mom was there or not, but, um, I was like, well, what do you think it is dad? Yeah. And he was like, I think my first grand, he's like, I think I'm not going to be able to see my first grandchild be raised because it'll be placed for adoption. Oh. That was just first thing he said. How did that make you feel? Oh, so like this small. <laughs> like, yeah. like, wow. You, he, they always read anything from the church. So he had taken the enzyme and he reads that at church. And there was a story of can a you, girl. Can you please explain yes. real quick what the enzyme is? <laughs> yes. There's magazines from the church that are sent out every month with stories in them and a lot of real life stories and so there was a story about from a father whose daughter had placed her child for adoption okay and he happened to read it that day and then when he read it it just all clicked for him yeah and then immediately it was like well this is in the church's revelation Mm -hmm. this came to me for a reason yeah and that was probably one of the few times me and my dad haven't been close. I was way closer to my mom during that pregnancy because my dad was very distant about it and matter of fact and like, well, it's best for him to be with the mom and the dad, yeah. but I will support you and whatever you decide. But I still knew where he stood on, on it. Yeah. That's not what my mom wanted and it's not what I wanted. It's... So it was a lot easier to talk to her. But it's gotta be because your mom, like, your mom could relate though. Your mom had the same feelings when she was younger and she got mm-hmm. pregnant and she had to go through all this. And so like, I think the hard part probably was your dad had this, like, I've been so open and honest with you so that we could avoid this situation. And you still ended up doing this type thing. Yeah. But their thing <laughs> was like an abstinence only. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, even though they knew I was having sex, they weren't gonna, they weren't yeah, gonna put me so in birth that's... control. That's and they tough. had friends. They had, I, I don't remember if it was someone from, from church or a work friend who had told my mom, like, well, since she's having sex, you need to put her on birth control. And my mom felt like that would be giving me permission. And yeah. of course, a, a lot of parents would feel that way. Yeah. So she did it. And then she, after that, she's regretted. She's like, I wish I would have, I wish I would have put you on birth control. Think of, I was the best fucking boyfriend ever in high school. <laughs> like, I should have dated everybody's daughter because <laughs> my. I had a girlfriend where the parents put her on me. I came across like party boy and I never had sex with her. <laughs> Didn't have sex with her. Awesome. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Then I gave me. Here's my daughter on birth control. And I was she like, has on birth control if you want to. You were like, <laughs> yeah. 
because you are trusting this. I will oh, it's so trustworthy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So um. Yeah. So then I'm. Yeah. Then I they you know make a doctor appointment. My mom's making sure I'm eating healthier, making sure I'm doing what I need to do, walking around and such to have a healthy baby, trying to figure out how to make, like, what to do. Like, my parents said, like, where if you and Dustin want to get married, like, we will sign off for you to get married if that's yeah. what you want to do. Um, he ended up being 18 before the birth but I was 17 still. So like legally they'd have to sign for me to get married. Like they, they were willing to help a lot. Like I could have lived out, like I I'm really grateful that I, at the way my parents supported me, like I wasn't kicked out. I wasn't sent away. I still went to church every week. I mean, the only week I missed was the Sunday, right, right after giving birth. Yeah. But the following Sunday I was at church. (laughs) Went through the whole, like you have, yeah, I could not be in young women's anymore. I had, my mom had a calling in nursery at the time and they let me, cause I was supposed to go to Relief Society, but then my mom wasn't in there. It would have felt weird. And my mom asked if I could just be in nursery with her and they let me. Okay. So, so, so yeah. but, so your mom, cause she lived with that, was a big part of it. Like your mom was probably super supportive because you said she lived with regret of the abortion. And so, she yeah. Was like, so I knew that wasn't an option. Plus like, I didn't want, I, I mean, yeah. I didn't want that. Like I, I mean, I always wanted to be a mom Yeah. and but then, I so wanted to marry the... my boyfriend. So there wasn't, wasn't any reason in my mind to not have. Yeah. My baby. yeah. So you had your baby and then what? Well, so then we're what? not, we're not, at, we're not there yet. Not there yet. <laughs> All right. Be so patient. it's a lot of, on and off. So, like, um, adoption in the black community is like not. A, I mean, like, I mean, I guess it's becoming more, maybe a little more common. But like, it's sort of like a, like a post thing with slavery, where like we didn't get to raise our own kids and they were taken from us and such. Oh yeah. And so it's very triggering. So my family, my mom's side of the family was they were not happy about this at all. And. Yeah. I had a cousin who's a year and a half older than me who had had a son a year and a half before me. (laughs) So on my dad's side of the family. And so I had both, like, and my grandma on my dad's side was helping to raise that child. And so, like, I just had family on both sides who were like, don't place your child for adoption. Like, we're here to support you and help you. But they also weren't close enough because they lived in Detroit. And that's like, it was like 40 minutes away. And yeah. it just wasn't very realistic. I couldn't just like take them to someone's house and then go to school. And I was like, I have to, like, I'm not dropping out of high school. Like Dustin already dropped out. He, this child cannot have two dro- high school dropout parents. Yeah. Yep. So I looked at going to hair school, which I started my senior year. Okay. To tr- kind of try to have something, but, um, which is that, that seems like a, the number one choice for girls in that situation. It seems yeah. like, right. Like, Baby hair school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, pretty much. I was like, how am I going to do this? So then I'm the only one at school. I mean, like, no one, like, my husband can name a few people, I think, in high school who got pregnant because it's more common in conservative places where your parents are going to put you on birth control. I'm the only one. I mean, all my friends were put on birth control. 
Uh, and so all of a sudden, geez. all of a sudden, all my friendships are changing. The people who are close to me want to start gossiping and yeah, ridiculous there. And then a lot of people who didn't really know me also want to be my friend because they're like, they want to know all about being pregnant. <laughs> and, and so that is a weird a lot place of attention. Yeah. Yeah. And so many of them just like, what are you going to do? We'll help you. We'll, you know, and it's like, that's. That's nice, but like you're gonna be at school with me, so I don't. We're yeah. you know, and all of our, you know, all the like both my parents and my boyfriend's parents, like they worked full time, so I was like, who's gonna? So, but yeah, my plan was to keep him, and then it wasn't until like seven and a half months pregnant that I decided to place him for adoption. Okay. And I'm just trying to decide. Like, this is a huge story that I'm like, well, I don't know how much I want to go into it. Yeah, just, right just now, not, but I want to talk. I want. I'll want. talk about like the because let's see. For a good fourteen years, I was okay with my decision, and then about the last year and a half, two years, I've realized this is the biggest mistake and regret of my life. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And realizing, like. So I'm going to skip ahead a week after I left the church. Uh-huh. And so it's like September, 2019. I went to like a faith crisis class by another therapist. And there was moms who had placed their babies for adoption. They were so angry with the church about this. And so I came home and I was like, I'm just glad that I like that. It was my choice that my parents didn't yeah. make me like, I'm glad that. I did what was best for him. Yeah. And my husband was like, yeah, but who told you that was what was best for him? And that shat uh, that just shattered every fucking thought I had on adoption at the time. Like I have no. not I have not been okay with this since then. That's the and that's what sucks is like people don't even realize they're being conditioned to think and be a certain right. way. Mhm. So to realize you were so badly manipulated and it was yeah. like, I was 17. Like, of course your mind is much more easily controlled Yeah. at that point. And so it was like, yeah, who told me the church, right? Like there's an article about it in the inside. My dad reads, my oh. mom finds this song. I cannot find this song now. I have looked it up. I don't know if they, they're uh, this on the CD, all the other songs are there but not this one if I look it up online. So I've asked my mom, I want to somehow find it, but it was called, It Was Love. And yeah. it's, it, it's something like, have you, it was like, a, it couldn't happen to me, a girl of just 16. It couldn't happen to me, but a mother soon I'll be. And then it talks about the adoptive mom and it's like, it couldn't happen to me. I've waited all my life. All I've wanted to be is a mother and a wife. So many questions. Is that the answers I soon hope to find or something? And then they just, and then it's like, goes into some part that's like, take my child. It was love that took him from my arms and placed him in your care. It was love that guided me to you. And with this child, I'll share. I can see so clearly now the sacrifice divine, how our father placed his, how our father gave his son to us. And now I give you mine. Is This is a Mormon song. Um, it was made by Mormons. Yeah, it's not put out by the church, but it's like a Homeward Bound or something. Oh, yeah, like one of those Buttercream Gang movie type things. It's, it's just a CD of Mormon women who sing about Jesus oh, and gotcha. cry in the church. And 
my mom would play this song all the time. So what's it doing to my brain? It's just yeah. conditioning it to like, if you have committed the sin next to murder, like aside from killing someone, this is the worst thing you could do. Yeah. So in order to be forgiven and to be like heavenly father, you have to sacrifice your son to make up for this. Yikes. That is, that makes me like want to cry for you. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. That's a hard thing to look yeah. back and like realize. That's what's so hard about life though, is it's like, it's all about these lessons and you figure things out as you go. It's like in a certain way that you didn't right. need condition like that you could have been taught things like proper yeah and like of course where do we go for like where are we sent to do counseling while i make this decision lds family services with the mormon therapist who at the time i felt was not pushing an agenda yeah <laughs> that's part of the agenda but was also can yeah but was also i mean he's a male therapist he doesn't have that same yeah. maternal attachment and, you know, he brought in like a, a birth mom who had had a baby in our stake and was like happy, you know, with her decision and felt like it was best. But it's like, I didn't talk to, I didn't talk to single moms who were happy yeah. they kept their baby. I didn't talk to kids who were adopted to see their thoughts on it. You got, um, no, our you got no perspective. No, none. Our school had added, when I was in school, they added like a pool and gym that was like open to the public to come and had a daycare and stuff. And yeah. not once did we go there to see if they would take my child while I was in school at the daycare. So you didn't really, because like, you didn't they, explore they, options really. No, like it felt like at the time I felt like we explored, but we really didn't. Like now looking back and like, there is so much more. Yeah. that we could have done. Like they said, they didn't take babies for, for six weeks. So I was like, well, what am I going to do for six weeks? You know? And it's like, I could have just did school at home probably Yeah. for at least, well, I mean, he was born in the beginning of August. So the first two weeks, I wouldn't have even been in school yet. So it's like, I just had to figure it out for four weeks and then. Yeah. I think this happens a lot too. Like I had, I know a lot of people that give their kids up thinking it's the right thing. And then later on, they're like, wow, like how did, how did I do that? But then there's also this like, I don't know. I, there's this like perspective thing that like you keep getting more and more perspective as life goes on. Yeah. And then you'll probably realize like 10 or 20 years from now, like something happens with that child where you're like, that's why, that's why that had to happen. Something. It's like that butterfly effect. Yeah. Everything else is different now because of positive, like probably for the right reason. Time. Maybe if, like, if you to do the wrong thing. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. Like, life's just so complicated, <laughs> isn't it? I know. It is. And I don't know. I mean, I don't see it as doing a better thing. Yeah. Anyway, like, like before I would be like, oh, I did the best thing for him. And now I'm like, I just gave him a different life. It wasn't yeah. better. It's just, it's just different. 
But yeah. he could have had a good he could have had a good life either way. Like, yeah. Like I may too. not have been able to take care of him financially, but my parents I mean how right, like how many parents help their daughter you know, their kids who have babies sooner than than plan yeah. a ton. Like my parents made plenty of money, our house was plenty big enough. Yeah. To accommodate another another person. Yeah, like I have my And I was ex- a few months away from being an a legally an adult. Yeah. My parents had to sign, like, I wasn't even 18. Like, I couldn't even sign adoption papers on my own. My parents had to sign their signatures under. And it just was like, do you really think that that's, like, a decision that someone can make who can't even legally sign papers on their own? Like, do you really yeah. think that a 17-year-old understands the magnitude and the consequences of this decision when they can't even legally sign papers on their own? Ugh. And that's only like that's only part of my story. <laughs> but that, so this is so good. How can I get you on like soon? Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah. again, when could you come back on? Oh, whenever. I mean, whenever, really. Because I wanna... want to just pick up right like, here later today, tomorrow, next. So day. I could probably I do. Let's see. Um, I might be able to do later today, honestly. Oh. I don't have anything else later today. I just got to get my kids from preschool later. But All right. So I got my kids at five. Okay. And then I have to, I suppose I should probably work for a little bit today on my job. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'll go in, see if I can get all my stuff done. And then I'll just reach out to you. Okay. Sounds good. All right. And then I'll, is it cool? Do you, do you care if I publish this? Or do you? You can listen to it. I'm good with it. You can publish it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. Listen. You can yeah. listen to it. Yeah. I'll publish okay. it and then just uh, we'll pick up where you left off. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for coming on. Okay. You're All welcome. right. I'll talk, talk to you soon. To okay. okay. Bye. bye.